0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Night of the Lists, the horror podcast for two fans, break down, discuss, and rank your favorite cinematic nightmares. I'm your host, Salem Monsoon, joined as always by my co-host, Vincent Kane. Howdy, howdy. Time to break out the sunscreen and the parasol because we're diving into sun-drenched horror. So my beautiful goth babies, just stay away from this episode because it's going to burn you. It's going to burn your sweet porcelain skin. But for the rest of you, it, who are like me and Kane, because Kane is the only person in America who can feel my pain. The sun is a bastard right now. So this episode <laughs> is all about honoring that piece of shit in the sky that's eventually going to kill us. It feels every day I walk outside my house. It feels like that, ep- uh, that level of Super Mario Brothers 3 when the sun just decides to come out of the sky and fucking chase Mario, which scared the shit out of me. That could have been on my <laughs> list. That level scared the that shit out of me. It. Like you no, just-
1: I, I. Or you feel like when you get out of your uh, out of your car or your chair, you feel like of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Red Dragon, where <laughs> he's got him glued to the uh, to the wheelchair. Do you see? And you're just like trying
0: to pull your arms up, and it just like sticks.
1: Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, I have to ninety minute bus ride to work, ninety minutes home. So I'm sitting in the morning. It's fine. At, at, when I get off of work uh, and I don't live in a good part of town. So I live in crack town. So today where it's extra hot. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. But let's peel, <laughs> peel back the curtain <laughs> into a sailor's life, sitting at waiting for the bus in 145 degree heat, which what it feels like. You could cook an egg on the fucking sidewalk Guy sitting next to me looks like an old sun-beaten, wrinkly Udo Kier playing along to songs in Italian with his harmonica. And I'm like, I want to just throw myself in, t- in front of traffic. <laughs> and I also have a box of crayons, which is unrelated. that has nothing to do with anything, but I just am carrying around a box of a lot of crayons. I have a lot of crayons. <laughs> <laughs> and then and while the guy was playing harmonica the crackheads behind us were yelling at him because i guess the music was interrupting their drug doing so that's my life so in honor i mean someday we will eventually do best horror movie set in new york which that scene right there kind of reminds me of like 1970s 1980s frank Henenlotter new york bullshit but not that part of my life. The sun raping my body with its heat. That's what we're going to be discussing today, but not all the classics. I'm going to kick it over, kick it over to Kane to to tell you which ones we're not going to be talking about right now, I guess.
1: Uh, Yeah. So a couple that just because they would definitely be on this list if we were doing a definitive list, but we've also discussed them kind of ad nauseum is Texas Chainsaw Massacre devil's rejects like those two are two that we just we've talked about enough that we love those movies we just were we we you know we're we're just pushing those bad boys aside everybody knows those would be top five easily on the list uh jaws that's kind of a a, a given sorry that's not on our list um and then the wicker man that's one of those it, it's a staple of the sun soak sun drenched it's one of the early versions of it, especially. It's one of the classics. It just, it's not a movie that Sailor and I really love. It's all about the ending. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but it's all about the ending. And, uh, or, um, you know, in the naked uh, voodoo dancing or whatever she's doing. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty convording.
0: much. I would say convorting with the <laughs> Sex uh, convorting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so those are a few that are just out there that we we've either talked about a lot or you know we we definitely want to you know jaws is definitely uh, you know on our radar with this and so is wicker man but we we want to make sure those have been talked about or they're going to show up on other lists eventually so some of these are just ones we wanted to discuss and give some recommendations for sun-soaked, sun-drenched horror movies, because most, you know, when you think of horror, of course you think of nighttime, you think of spooky time. That's usually when people are more scared of things, et cetera, et cetera. However, but with daytime, it's, it's so it's, it's a hard thing to kind of pull off with daytime horror. There's not too many of your cookie cutter jump scare type of movie night Type movies with this. There's a few. I'm not saying that there's not any, but generally, and you know, anybody who, if you look at a list or if you've researched, researched this or you think of it, it's either movies similar to a Wicker Man, kind of hypnotic, you know, that tri- trippy type of movie, or it's complete brutality. Like it's one or the other. That's usually, there's, there's not like a, The Strangers set during the entire daytime that much Yes, there are some out there or, or it's or it's redneck type of movies that are set there in daytime but kind of the the understanding there is to me you know and sailor you can add on to this as well but no matter what the people are trying to say in their movie one nugget that is always there with a daytime horror is that violence or whatever type of terror can happen at any moment because we don't think about bad things happening, you know, nobody's like, Oh, where's your, you know, the whole news thing is, do you, you know, it's midnight. Do you know where your kids, kids are? Nobody's like, Hey, it's noon. It's lunchtime. Do you know where your kids are? Because people don't think about bad things happening during the day. Well, these movies let us know that it, you know, shit can go down at any time and you need to be ready. And so that's a, that's a little nugget with daytime horror then that's, you know, and you, like I said, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sailor, but that's kind of the two categories that most daytime horror movies f- drop into.
0: I think every one of my movies falls into that category. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. And to, to your point, I mean, I'll get to it in a second, but no, nighttime is just inherently scarier because you can't see. When I was in, I mean, depending on where you live, in Kansas, I was up in Kansas. I I mean, I was born in Kansas, but I only lived there for a little bit. But about a decade ago, I went up with my uncle to help his friend or somebody, maybe a relative I never met, uh, uh, renovate his house or some shit. I don't know what, but I was up there for like a week. And it gets so fucking dark in Kansas that I cannot see like five feet, not even five feet, it's like two feet in front of me. Like I can't fucking see. And we would go ATVing and shit. And I'm like, you motherfuckers are wild. Because I can't see a goddamn thing. I'm going to hit a rock or something. I know I am. And sure as fuck, I did. But you, it's like you can't see anything. And that's fucking scary. Like your mind just immediately starts putting shit right. in the darkness. Yep. And during the day, to me, that's not as scary. But it's scary in another way. Because... I always think of the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 when she's losing her mind and shit. And the camera pulls back. I'm going to say 500 feet away. You see cars passing by. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's right there. Like people don't even understand what's happening in their backyard. Right. Oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. That just popped into my head. That might (laughs) make my cut. But that's like a couple of that's like set throughout a week. So I don't know if I can count that. Right. I'm trying to pick movies that were set within one day. Um, my number four isn't, but I'm trying to stay within the one day timeline.
1: And the thing is, we're not saying that these, these movies have to happen all in one day and all be in the sunlight. It's just primarily when most or some of the horror happens, it's set during the day, during sunlight, just so that we get that that just kind of because it's just different, you know. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot more than even what I thought about. I, I I was like, yeah, there's there's quite a bit, and then you start researching, it's like, man, there's a lot more than you really think about when it comes to daytime type of horror. It's just not your it's just not your go to thing when you think about horror movies. It's always happening. It's always Jason attacking at night, not during the day. You know that kind of stuff. And so, or Freddy, of course, comes in your sleep at night, uh, or whatever it is. But throughout horror history, there's been quite a few here and there that have hit, and they're during the day. And it's just, it's just, it just adds a little. If it's done right, of course, it just adds a little something different to the horror movie. I,
0: you you can correct me because it's been a while since I've seen it, and I know the end the big reveal at the end takes place at night but doesn't the majority of the kills in sleep camp take place oh you can i didn't yeah. even think if it was on your list or not no it is not okay yeah because i'm like that's like the inverse of Friday the 13th where everything yeah. happens at night this is like literally every single thing happens during the day and yeah I'm there like, were
1: a few there were a few on there like um the burning that didn't make it on my list but that was one did i make it on your list no okay
0: <laughs> my list is so fucking stupid i'm gonna i'm gonna let y'all know right now like my number uh 10 is oof i mean we can jump into it right now if you'd like
1: yeah no go right ahead let's i think we're done with our preamble stuff so let's uh yeah. let's jump into we're gonna try not
0: uh to cheat i mean i do have one that has i mean it's a day it's literally an entire day cycle so the end obviously takes place at night so but the majority of the movie takes place during the day. So I don't think it can, I mean, I don't think it cheats, but my number five, 100% takes uh, place during the day. And you can argue uh, you wish something would happen at night and it's not, it comes at night. I, I promise you. It's actually the opposite of it comes at night. It's nothing happens during the day, question mark. And that is 29 palms uh okay if you've listened to our patreon episode we're doing an alphabet abc's of four i don't know what kane's calling it an abc's of four where we're picking the best horror movies or just movies that start with whatever letter we're doing like a for an american werewolf in london b for baskin or whatever what have you on our e i picked entrance which is a very hard sell because it's that catch 22 of the best thing about that movie is the fact that going in, you don't know it's a horror movie. So when the horror happens, you're like, holy shit. That took me by surprise. But if you don't know, it's a horror movie, you're never going to fucking make it to the end because it's boring as shit. That's the catch. That's 29 Palms. The, the the movie is about David and Katya. There are a couple... Um, 29 um, Palms is a place in California. They're hopping from motel to motel, having sex, walking around naked, just driving around. Nothing happens. It's like E2 Mamba Tambien with just the boys. It's just the boys were doing shit. Or maybe uh gary maybe if you've seen ah, it's so hard to explain what the why the fuck i picked this movie because i don't want to reveal what happens but it's like a Lars von trier movie like a last days or gary or elephant where you're waiting for the shoe to drop you're like i know something's going to happen i know this movie's about columbine are you going to deliver and for some people it does You get that fucking holy shit moment. And for the rest of us, you're like, well, that was a complete waste of fucking time. 29 Palms delivers. It is building to something. You didn't know it was building to something because it's just two people. Sometimes they're arguing. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're fucking. Again, they're just walking around naked. Like, Not a lot of shit happens. Then that third act happens. And then you're like, oh, this is what that movie's about? And for some of you, this is going to be a brilliant masterpiece. For the rest of you, if you can make it through the boring slog of characters doing nothing, set during the sun, its the sun is always out, beating down on these characters. If you can get past that, I, I would say even half of you, <laughs> like it's a fraction of a fraction of people are going to like this. There is no way... <laughs> This is, this is a movie I'm recommending to 15% of our audience. The 15% of you, you're going to fucking love this movie. And I can't compare what this movie would be. In tone, I can say it's like a Lars von Trier or like a mumblecore movie or like a Harmony Corinne, like a gummo thing. It's not weird like that, but it's like, okay, is something going to happen? Type does of it thing? have
1: anybody eating spaghetti in a bathtub? <laughs> not that type of thing? or Yes.
0: It's, I mean... Replace spaghetti with a naked lady and she's just yelling at her husband who's taking a piss or something like that's oh, okay. that's the movie there's nothing <laughs> there's no indelible images like bunny eared kid eating spaghetti which man that movie fucking sucks but there's so many images in it like man there's just burned in my head somehow I, it's again it's not a, like entrance it's like i cannot recommend this movie but i'm like i really want people to see this movie because i know if you get to the end you're going to be like holy shit this is amazing but man do you have to fight against the movie and i would say this is actually probably more eventful than entrance it just doesn't have as good a third as that one does but it does it is building to something so that's my number 10 29 palms I wish I can compare it to something, but once I do, then you're going to know exactly what type of movie this is. Oh,
1: so it's only two people. It's like
0: the kind, yeah. Until there's other people. I mean, they, okay,
1: because it's like there's a cast that only has two people on IMDb. So,
0: I mean, they're I guess they're holding. Her. Okay. I mean, it's not like there's like a secret Danny Glover cameo or some shit. Like there are other people, obviously, and something okay, gotcha. may or may not happen to this couple. Uh, i mean you could probably guess what happens it's also not pleasant (laughs) that's not pleasant and then where it goes from there is unpredictable so i mean i wish i could start this episode off with a a movie that's easy recommendation but that's the thing about horror fans we come in all colors and stripes you know some of us like the brutal shit. Some of us like the slow burn. So th- is, is it
1: similar to Eden
0: Lake? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's okay. the that's the movie I was trying to skate around. It's exactly like Eden Lake. Oh,
1: Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because that's after reading it, I was like, okay, Eden Lake. So if you've seen it, Eden Lake, this is.
0: But now is you know. Span- going- is it
1: Spanish or something?
0: Well, he speaks, they speak different languages and then they should speak French to each other. Because neither, oh, French. One, okay. yeah, she speaks Russian, he speaks American. Neither one can understand each other, so they should speak French, but they don't gotcha. speak it very well. So they should just bicker and because they don't understand each other. So that's that might be what the thesis of the movie is about. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, clearly at the end of this movie, you're like oh this is about something i just don't know what the fuck it's about right so i have to go on youtube i'm like okay why did this happen i need answers and now that you know that it's even like now you're going in expecting that type of movie and it's even worse than that probably
1: well yeah so it's just something to compare it to so I always like, I always at least like something like that. So you. Well, I mean, now that
0: you're just waiting for them to get kidnapped and tortured, and I mean, now that the cat's out of the bag, the cat gets the cat stays in the (laughs) bag and gets whapped against the tree. So twenty nine (laughs) Palms, not pleasant, not a good time. So what's your number nine? All
1: right, so my number nine. This is one of those mid two thousand ish horror movies. It's probably the only really cookie cutter one that i have but i feel like it's also something that doesn't get talked about enough and uh it's the ruins 2008 um directed by carter smith i i just i've always liked this movie it doesn't really have the jump scares like it feel you know it's it's very typical 2000 horror with the cgi and the the kids on spring break type of or you know a holiday in mexico whatever so and they go you know the group of kids go to um they go um they're at a resort and then they want to go traveling to the mayan ruins and they go to this one you know um pyramid type of uh ruin um thing and Uh, once they get on there all this just craziness starts happening like you know it's just one of those typical hey we're going on this trip and then when we get there just kind of there's a little bit of weird stuff and then the moment that somebody steps onto the ruins this you know this um, guy comes out speaking just yelling spanish with a a uh, with a machete and then there's like this gang or whatever it is a group that will not let people off of the this ruined kind of temple pyramid type thing and then when they get uh, when the one guy gets off and they shoot him dead and it, you know uh, and it was one of their own people they shoot him dead uh, it's you kind of realize okay something weird is going on here and then the majority of this stuff takes place during the day and they have to so this group of you know americans have to basically camp out on the ruins because they won't let them leave. They either are going to die or they got to stay there and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so, uh, it's just a lot, of, a lot of stuff during the days, but I think it's one of those that, well, you know, one, I love Sean Ashmore. I love, um, Jonathan Tucker. I love Jenna Malone, Laura Ramsey, somebody that I don't remember like anything like she did anything else, but I thought she was really good in it. Um, you know, Sean Ashmore and, Jonathan Tucker, just kind of your typical kind of guys. Jenna Malone kind of plays the, just the hysterical, uh, just freaks out, you know, can't, I can't move type of, per, you know, person when things start going. And then Laura Ramsey's kind of the, the beautiful one um, that um, is kind of the party girl. And then kind of once she's like, I think the first one that stuff starts happening to her. And it just, I, I just, I think it's a movie that, you know, one, like I said, it happens a lot during the day um and it's one that just doesn't get talked about enough with those you know i'm not saying it's like on the best level of those mid 2000s because i think it was 2008 it's not one of the like the best level but it's just one that doesn't get talked about enough i think it's got some really cool moments some really cool kind of scares but it's not really the jump like it doesn't have your typical jump scares from that time frame so I don't think a lot of people talk about it uh, in the same regard as some of those uh, during that time. And um, I just, it's just really, to me, it's just a really fun kind of different type of horror movie. One of those.
0: This is a perfect melding of dread inducing horror plus body horror. And there's not many movies that do that. Not to give away some of the things that happens in this movie, But let's just say it does not end well for a lot of these characters. And I don't want to reveal some of the things, but the thing that is the threat, let's say, because I'm going to tiptoe around it. The threat is very fucking interesting to me because you've never seen something like this and some of the things that it does. You're like, man, this is really fucking cool. And this is also like the beginning, I guess, of people not giving a shit what Stephen King has to say. Yeah. Because his fucking quote is all over the book. It's all over the movie poster. Even though he's quoting the, the book, he's talking about the book, and they took his quote and put it on the movie poster. And it still didn't sell the movie at all and it's like i guess people don't give a shit what Stephen king has to say because he's like this movie's fu-. i mean the book is like it's one of the scariest things i've ever read and it's fucking crazy and they put that shit on the poster and everyone's like meh whatever and you're like this movie is doing everything in its power i don't like, get I- it
1: i don't understand why people don't like this movie or why i'm not saying it's not like it's perfect it's not the greatest but I just don't get why people just it, it doesn't it just it's one of those that just feels like it fell through the
0: cracks I think that's exactly what happened I think if people I it's not a cult movie but it, there is yeah. there should be a fan base to it and I think the reason why is yeah it just fell through the cracks somehow like the, like the crazies like to the 2010 movie I think that mm. should be like there's just certain movies that just who the fuck knows why that just disappears off the radar and yeah this is definitely one of them this was one of my runner-ups because i again we don't talk about our picks beforehand so i have no idea where you're gonna go with Mm -hmm. these if you take the big ones off the table yeah and i know you don't like certain ones like hills have eyes that leaves maybe 15 (laughs) sun drenched thor movies and we're doing five a piece, So, I'm like, I don't well, and know. I don't like the original
1: Hills Have Eyes. I thought about the other one. Spoiler alert.
0: Why didn't I even think about the remake? I fucking love the remake. But I I was like I
1: but I was like I the remake, I would have on a different list, so
0: I'm going to save it. <laughs> have we done best remakes yet?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, you slid It's so much better than the original. It's so fucking bit so much. I mean, in in turn, like there's, we've talked about
1: remakes, I think a little bit on here, as far as we don't understand why people just, especially when it comes to horror remakes, like shut up complaining about remakes. We would rather uh, a remake other than just another crappy sequel, because maybe we'll get something new and different. The Hills Have Eyes is one of those that, there's such a jump in quality from the the from the original and the original still has its merits i'm not taking anything away from it but there's such a just a jump in quality not just the oh because it was you know 30 year difference and but it was just the brutality and just it was just one of those better remakes that we got of a kind of a quote-unquote classic cult movie and yeah so it was very close to making my list, but I wanted to save it for a
0: different list. I mean, yeah, we can save that discussion for best remakes or whatever, because yeah. I fucking adore that movie. I love it so much. On to my number eight. A, a great movie, again, that I can't recommend. I can recommend it. It's just not going to be an easy sell. And that is the 1970 movie, and soon The Darkness. Actually, let's, before we get into the the movie, if I told you that Robert Fust... Not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name. The director of Abominable Dr. Fibes 1 and 2 and The Devil's Reign. If I told you he made a movie almost as good as Hitchcock, you'd be like, what? (laughs) And I'm here to tell you, yeah, 100%. 100% and and soon The Darkness. Very simple setup. Very similar to um, uh, the movie The Vanishing. Simple setup, two English girls are biking across the French countryside. They're stopping along for, they have an itinerary, which is a plot point, by the way, to hit like little bistros and diners and whatnot. And they're biking. And one of them is, before they go back to their hotel, their hostel or whatever you would call it, she's like, I want to go sunbathe. And the other one, the, the two leads are called um, uh, Kathy and June. And Kathy's like, I want to sunbathe in this forest. And June's like, yeah, but I have it structured out. We got to hit these things. And that p- becomes the point of contention because she's like, fuck your itinerary. I want to do this thing right now. Who gives a shit about your itinerary? Like, how can you plan for me wanting to sunbathe? Like, what's the point of planning shit? Like, that's the point and june gets all pissy she and she's like well fuck you then i'm gonna go back to the hotel i'll see you when you're done you know simple arguments and whatnot she goes to the hotel night ends she's like kathy doesn't come and she's like well where the fuck is my friend so she goes back to the forest she can't find her and that's the movie she's got to find her fucking friend now The immediate first red herring is a chap by the name of Paul who's immediately sus because the the day of they pass him a couple of times. He's at the bistro, the first bistro they're at. They pass him a couple of times. He's going to like a cemetery or something like they see him and it's the movie is making a point to show the fact that they are seeing this man. Now he is such a obvious red herring that you immediately discard him because you're like, There's no way he's the killer, but since everyone June talks to in this movie seems suspicious as shit, you really don't know who to fucking trust. It's very much like that Kurt Russell movie, Black Dog, if that movie was good and not ridiculous. She needs to find her friend and everyone in town because this is also a a huge plot point. Someone not too long ago, a, a girl was found raped and murdered. So now she's so now there's a ticking clock element. Now my friend might be dead, and if she's not, she might be somewhere I gotta find her. And again, every single person she talks to seems suspicious, or they're hiding something, or they may know more than she knows, or that June is we're just seeing through the focal point of June. So she might be projecting those thoughts onto these people because she doesn't know these people. Again, she's English, they're French, and she speaks some of their language, but not all of it. So since since we're seeing through her vantage point, every one of these people could be sus. She doesn't fucking know. So she doesn't know who to trust. So she begrudgingly teams up with Paul. And let's just say the movie goes from there. It is a fucking... How many fucking thrillers can you think of that are set during the day where somebody is trying to investigate something? Like when I say thriller, you immediately think of movies like Zodiac and the most tense scene in that movie involves Jake Gyllenhaal going into a basement, a cellar. And you're like, don't go in that fucking cellar because one it's at night and that's creepy as shit. And two, it's, Clearly seems like there's someone else in this fucking house. And you're like, get the fuck out of that cellar, buddy. Like, it's spooky. Now, how do you do that during the day? And the answer is, you're stuck in a place that you don't fucking know. And they know that they easily can get rid of you and no one would fucking find you. So the day or night, nothing is going to protect you because no one knows you're there. And that is a, a, an idea, like, that's a thought that pops into her head halfway through the movie it's like the closer I get to my friend the closer I might be getting to her fucking killer I'm not gonna reveal whether or not she's dead but let's just say it wouldn't be a thriller if she wasn't in danger so and soon the darkness fantastic fucking movie check out his other movies abominable Dr. Fides and its sequel and devil's reign because it's hilarious not very good but like it's this is such a complete total opposites of those movies. You're like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, you can do this too? Why the fuck were you making this campy ass 70s shit? Like, I love that. I love Dr. Uh, Abominable Dr. Fibes. Yeah. I will talk about the movie any time of the day. Love it. But then you see this and you're like, oh, you're one of the greats. Why didn't you make this every fucking time? Like, I don't understand it. So. It just goes to show that like journeyman directors can do anything. So, Into the Darkness, nineteen seventy.
1: That was one of his first movies too.
0: I know so it's like where, where I, I don't get it. Like why why did you like backpedal into camp? I just don't get it. Like if you can make this every time, I, he could have been the next. Maybe Eagle he Bard. maybe
1: he couldn't. I guess.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe it was one time. I mean, <laughs> we talk about Rob Zombie. Sometimes you hit lightning once. So
1: right. Yep no yeah that, that does sound interesting so and i, I definitely love dr Five. so
0: I again i cannot stress the, this enough there's nothing, not, nothing no like no that.
1: yeah but you always you always have directors that they do they do a thing that you really like and so i want to watch more of their stuff so he's uh i definitely and that does seem interesting uh in concept and stuff so it's it's added to the list so on to my number seven this one's probably the closest that i have to not all of it being in the sunlight it mainly starts off i guess uh, a lot of it's probably more in the evening not more but some some of it uh it, but i mainly just it's I, i'm picking this mainly for the the finale that ends up in the sun and that is the 2007 death proof
0: mm. the uh okay. yeah
1: yeah yeah you got you got where i'm going with this one okay okay. yeah yeah i had to think about it yeah yeah that scene uh, the chase scene i mean that's that's the horror i mean like yes there's there's horror that happens at night at one time because there's a lot of it during the day a lot of the first part of it during the day then we have the bar scene and then we have him doing uh where we find out why it's called death proof and what his what kurt russ the great Kurt russell's you know stepman man mike <laughs> what uh what he's all about because uh, we know he's a creepy dude but he's also a cool he's like a creepy cool or a cool creepy one of those so it's like he's kind of cool but you also know he's not the most he has just you
0: know, enough charm just
1: enough in. but he's he also gonna... you're like i'm not i'm not gonna hang out i'm like i'll I'll have a beer with this guy but i'm not gonna hang out with this guy type of fella
0: that <laughs> scene where he's like about to sneeze do you think that was scripted or do you think that was Kurt Russell? it feels like
1: it was not scripted because I mean, i'm like I just...
0: that is the most ego deflating thing <laughs> in the world like you can literally see his dick get soft because that's, I mean, not to get crude, but that's kind of Stuntman Mike's entire thing. Yeah. Sitting at that bar, revving his engine, so to speak, like just waiting to do what the fuck he's going to do later. So when he, when he can't seduce them in a way that, you know, is part of the game, because that's also a thing, is he has to, he always knows them beforehand, like the second group of ladies, like he... Uh, licks his finger and touches her foot, which is guaranteed not scripted, Tarantino, you <laughs> fucking dog. <laughs> you dog. <laughs> I bet he was like, man, I should have put myself in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> should have shoulda have, should've have made myself stuntman, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um but no it, it's such a great moment because I love the fact at the end of that movie, or like the first time they crash into him and beat the shit out of him. That he's he immediately turns into a bitch. Right, like, that's that's thing. that's
1: what's so great about it because, like you said, he seem he seems like he has a he has a great name. He's a stuntman, all stuntman. Everything we have ever seen in our entire life of stuntman in movies or anything is that they are the baddest cats that walk the planet. <laughs> they mm-hmm. are the toughest guys ever, and he's always, hey, I'm an actual stuntman, you know, and so. We get that visceral, the, kind of this visceral scene that kind of, like I said, that demonstrates what the death-proof part of this whole thing is. And then we skip ahead to this second group of ladies. Um, and, you know, and that's, I mean, yeah, there's some there's some great, you know, we, we love our Rosario Dawson, but I think Zoe Bell just kind of steals the whole thing because she's an actual stunt woman and she's used to doing stunt things, but, you know, watching one of the, they okay let me get it so if you don't know the movie so she she's a, uh, a, a she's a stunt woman in the movie too right yes yeah right she's a and stunt she's woman a stunt yeah, in, the, and in real life
0: yes i yeah, mean and yeah so yeah. tarantino was like you probably can't act so i'm gonna <laughs> he wrote it for her knowing that she was this have you seen the documentary oh god damn
1: it. yeah yeah because yeah that's what i was going to get into so um Cause she was, I think, Oma um, Thurman's stunt woman in the Kill Bills. And so she, so he had used her before. And so he had this scene where they, they go and they get this really cool car and she wants to play a game where she gets out onto, I think it's called ship's mast or whatever. So she gets out onto the hood of the car while they're driving extremely fast on this open road, nobody else is on this road. She's hanging on with just she's got two leather belts that are tucked into the the car doors, and she's hanging on. And it's just it's a pretty it's I uh, it's craziness it's absolute craziness and it's dangerous One of the best as ones. all get out. But it's it's so great and um. But she's not really an actress, so in the uh, the documentary. Yes, I don't remember which one it was. Double Dare. Double Dare. So um, she's talking about how he keeps getting on to her because she's used to being a real stunt person who has to hide her face. So you don't know that that's not Uma Thurman or that's not whatever person that she's, uh, you know, doing stunt work for. So she's uh, he's constantly having to tell her, "Hey, no, look at the camera. You are the star of this scene. You have to look at the camera. Show me your face." And which is kind of it's kind of funny and it's really cute how she kind of explains it. So she's just doing this, and then all of a sudden, here comes stuntman Mike and starts ramming them, you know. And she then they can't just stop. She's on the hood of this car, and it's just this crazy chase scene. It's one of the nuttiest things ever. And it's such a great buildup to it. And then, like Sailor alluded to, you know, when they finally get to this point and they start the four, the the three girls start beating the living crap out of him. And he just automatically turns into this big the biggest bitch in the world. And it's absolutely hilarious. And that's one of those. So we've talked about this on I think Total Recast. That the reason why we love Kurt Russell so much. He's one of those few guys who is being the butt of the joke there's not a lot of actors that would have done that type of role they would have tried to their best to be cool in that role or no i'm not going to sit here and scream like you know like a little kid getting whooped you know and that's exactly what he does and it's absolutely amazing do you know who the
0: original choice for it was i don't remember no i mean he he was thinking about two actors um stallone was one of them But the one that popped into his head, and he almost cast them, but then his buddy Rodriguez used them first, was Mickey Rourke. Mm -hmm. I think he wrote it for Rourke, but then, again, Rodriguez used them twice before. Um, I mean, because he's barely in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but he's all over Sin City, and this was roughly around the time of that, because I believe this was 2007, right? So
1: I don't see Stallone doing that. I don't see mm-hmm. Stallone
0: acting that way. I mean, if anyone could get a good performance out of Stallone. I mean, because Stallone can act. I don't want I mean Copland. Oh, He can work?
1: act, but I just don't see him playing the no but
0: that, can you see chicken Wark, shit though?
1: heel that do what?
0: Can you see Mickey Work though? Because that's the one that's interesting no, to me.
1: I don't I don't see I don't see him either, but I mean I know he's a great he's a great actor, but I just don't I don't see I just don't see too many guys that are doing what kurt russell did and once he starts getting beat
0: up it's a completely different take on it i believe i mean i don't think i, who, I you never know you know i mean could <laughs> if mickey Rourke was cast we probably would be having that same argument about kurt russell like i don't see well no
1: we've oh. seen kurt russell do that before we've seen him be the idiot or you know the, the butt of the joke that yeah, that's what i mean he's always been that guy i mean yeah he's been into plenty serious movies but He's also been that kind of, like, yeah, I mean, you know, um, Big Trouble in uh, Little China. That's the exact. He has a lipstick on joke. his
0: face the, the last. And of he, the does he, <laughs> he does, does nothing. He does nothing. He does nothing. Gotta love Jack Burton I so mean, much. He, he, he's, he's as useless as Indiana Jones is. Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> here's th- I have two things that <laughs> I wish would, were expanded in, like, comics or something. Because in my mind, this is my headcanon, and these are two different horror movies. I feel like this is the a movie set in a universe of two different horror movies that we don't get to see. Now, follow me now. The beginning of this movie, they keep talking. The first group of girls keep talking about going to a cabin, their their dad's cabin, for the night. To me, what Tarantino is setting up is these girls are about to go get murdered by a slasher in the woods. We don't see that because Stuntman Mike kills him before that. Yeah. So in my mind, like this is like a Friday the 13th sequel or some shit. Like they were no, there is no doubt in my fucking mind that this movie is the beginning of another horror movie that we just don't get to see. And then another horror movie because Mary Elizabeth Winstead is part of the second group of girls, but she ain't in the car with them. She is left. She gets left with a fucking rapist that we know <laughs> is a rapist because he is trying to rape Uma Thurman and kill Bill. It's the same fucking character. Yeah. So to me, that's the second horror movie we don't get to see. Is her adventure throughout that fucking house running away from a fucking rapist. I want those stories. I want to see those fucking movies. I really do. I, I think, like, I don't, if I have to think of her getting raped, that's not a good time. No. But her getting chased by a rapist, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style around that right. house or some shit. Because we don't know how big that fucking house is. He could have, like, a murder house. On. And
1: it is kind of, like, in the woods, yeah. country
0: area. So She could be going through her own fucking movie adventure right. that we don't get to see. And then maybe she becomes a badass, maybe. I don't know, but I think
1: it's like that, it's like the it's like the all the many varieties of cabin in the woods.
0: Yeah, it's all the shit we don't get to see because yeah. Mike decides to <laughs> keep ruining movie. Right. Right, and maybe that's the second horror movie we don't see because they go get the car and then or, or whoever. Who I mean, Stuntman Mike just fucks the shit up every time. So maybe. and what's
1: great is I don't and I don't know if this scene works during the nighttime no because like, you wouldn't know be why. able
0: to see this uh her on the car right well.
1: it would it wouldn't make it, it, it you know it would be still it would still be kind of freaky but it wouldn't i just it wouldn't have the same effect i guess but so yeah that's uh that's my pick nah, no no it's, it's, so.
0: uh, god i love that movie it's
1: so good what's your
0: uh what's your number six my number six is i mean talking about horror movie set during the day let me try that again because no no shit we're talking about movies set during the day. Talk about movies set in the woods is what I was trying to say. Like a Friday the 13th, but I didn't pick Friday the 13th because obviously that would be cheating because most of those are set during the night and the ones that aren't, we talk about them a million times and we're not talking about <laughs> sleepaway camp. So let's talk about another slasher set in the woods that you didn't mention just before dawn obviously it's in the title all this shit takes place during the day until i'd say the last 15 minutes is at night so it's kind of my cheat but it's over the course of like one long day a group of guys or a group of kids i hate calling them kids because it makes me seem like an old asshole (laughs) because they're clearly teenagers whippersnappers and most of them are like in their mid-20s but Going to their fathers, uncles, whoever's, cabin in the woods. And there's the killer with a big ass machete knife. I don't know what the fuck kind of blade that is, but it's big. And he starts hacking away at them. I love this movie. I love uh, Jeff Lieberman. He's one of the unsung horror directors. I love Scorn a lot. It's one of my favorite bug movies. Blue Sunshine I mentioned on the Patreon pick. Which is that 70's psychedelica bullshit. That's great. It's, it's a really hard horror movie because it's like, is it really a horror movie? And you're like, yeah, I guess it is. It's kind of weird. I love it. But this is probably his best movie because I, like Kane, I have a strong, strong love for just slasher set in the woods. It's easy. It's not hard to tell like any fucking amateur asshole can do it because most of them did you get a couple i mean madman is the perfect example of you get a couple of kid, people in the woods you don't have to have a big set because it's in the woods maybe you have a house or two or a cabin that's about it and this one is an rv and then i don't even think they make it to a cap. i mean there's some there's some locations there's like an abandoned church or whatnot but what's fun about this and i don't feel like it's A big reveal so i don't think it's a spoiler but what's fun about this one is there's two killers and you don't know that going in now it's this is revealed way before the end of the movie so i don't feel like it's a super spoiler to reveal but it's like a big guy in this um like a jump not a jumper but like you know hillbilly style that's how he's kind of dressed and then, But sometimes he's wearing a hat. And you're like, oh, he's wearing a beanie this time, I guess. But until you realize, no, it's his brother wearing a beanie. There's two of them. And they communicate through whistling, which is worked into the theme song. Or the score, rather. Which finally got released on vinyl. Because this was one of the great horror movie soundtracks that was never on fucking uh, vinyl. Because it's so fucking good. I can just talk about this movie all the time because it's one of those movies that no one talks about because we talk about the Friday the yeah. 13th. We talk about the burnings because we talk about the ones that immediately ripped off Friday the 13th, but I'm like, this came out before uh, the second Friday the 13th or predates the first one. I This this came out in 81. so this Yeah, is it's like-
1: 81. It's not before the first one so it just depends on when it can- was released before if it was before the second one or not.
0: I feel like this was made before the first one, and it took a minute to get released. Oh, okay. I could, I could be, one hundred, but this feels like a seventy-nine movie to me. But I could be talking out my ass. Who knows? Because I know the first one was eighty. So, um, uh, you
1: know those those eighty movies. They, those early eighty movies. They always feel like even the first Friday Thirteenth felt like a seventies movie.
0: Yeah, eighties don't really become the eighties until like eighty four. 83
1: yeah 83 84 at the most yeah
0: um no this is just if you've never seen this one it's do not be deterred because i quote unquote ruin the who gives a shit the slasher is fine he's not the best there's a reason why you don't i don't even know his fucking name let's call him bubba and debo like who who fucking cares (laughs) like i don't know their names because they're not that memorable i
1: think it's luther and lucas that's
0: stupid they're the mountain twins (laughs) see mountain twins that's a great fucking name yeah, like, that's an actual great name, but they look stupid. They're not great. They're not that intimidating. Yeah, it's the same actor. Yeah, I, I I guess they must have done no because they're never on screen together. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think like Jeff Lieberman's not that talented to do screen, <laughs> uh, and he's also yeah, terribly yeah, lazy. 80s, yeah, there's no way he was doing that shit.
1: Uh, I said this was
0: shot in uh, 1980. It just didn't say when. Ah, uh, so um, Let's say it was before. Well, let's just say it's. I don't think he was ripping off Friday the Thirteenth. It just happened to come out on the heels of that. So it's not like it's. Yeah, I don't think it's. A oh, July, 13th. July,
1: nineteen eighty. It was when it was being filmed.
0: Mm. So, I mean, it might have. I, who knows? I don't know. It yeah. just doesn't feel yeah. like it's ripping off Friday the Thirteenth in any way. No,
1: and it's it's kind of like we you know even like we talked about the ruins. It's one of those that just. Falls through the cracks. No one ever talks about it. But anybody who knows it is like, man, that's great, Slasher. That's what it's, it's, it, it's something you got to watch. If you're a Slasher fan, especially an 80s Slasher fan, you have to watch this freaking movie because it is, it is really, really good. But it's just, And it's got
0: names in it. So it's not like it's. I mean, George Kennedy. I know that's
1: what's crazy about
0: it. George Kennedy is basically Crazy Ralph, but like with a beefier, like, don't (laughs) go up there. You're all going to die. And he even says to. Yeah, he literally tells him, "It's like, just tell me your address so I can tell the cops where to get your bodies." And it's like that is far more effective than there's a death curse. It's like yeah, it's a death I'm curse. I'm not, I'm not gonna talk you out of this. But you motherfuckers <laughs> are going to die. So just <laughs> tell me where you're going, cause so we can get your bodies. Right. <laughs> and you, you should believe him because it's fucking George Kennedy. The right. rest of the people I don't know, except for Greg Henry.
1: Greg Henry, I was gonna say him. Um, yeah. Sl- Slither and a lot of other things, but
0: oh, he's yeah. he had a much better career post this. Because when yeah. you look at him, you're like, you don't belong this young. Like you you shouldn't be this young. Because he's I mean, he's still I mean, I don't think he's supposed to be a teenager if he is, but he looks like he's in mid-20s. But you're like it just feels like somebody hit Greg Henry with like a shrink ray or something. Like, it's like I, don't, it's, I don't know. Like, there's something about he's like your...
1: 28 then, but yeah, no, he's one of those guys that just he's always looked 52.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like Walter Matthau or something. Yeah, it's like your mind just can't process <laughs> the fact that he was ever young. So you're like, no, no, stop it. That's not right. You're not supposed to be. I just saw him in a movie and he looked um, facing the crowd, and that was in the 50s. And he still looked the fucking same. He still <laughs> looked the same because, you're <laughs> I mean, he probably isn't. But your mind is just like, no, you're you're 54. You're 54 until so you're 81. That's that's Walter Matho. But no, this movie is fucking great. It's a great slasher, and it's one of those movies that I love recommending because it's 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 like that 2B. Uh, the, to plug Tubi again, give us a sponsor. <laughs> give us something, Tubi. We we will show you. only the
1: few people that talk about you or
0: watch you. We will I, all day over Shudder and I love Shutter. I love Shutter. I love Shutter. Yeah. I'm never gonna kick you out of my bed, but Tubi. Tubby's there too, so you're just gonna have to fucking deal with the shot. Got the goods. It's got the goods. It's got the goods. Tubby. It's got the goods. <laughs> Tubby. But Tubby has <laughs> it's
1: Tubby. Like our side that, piece. I
0: know. <laughs> 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 That's why they're probably not gonna give us a sponsor. <laughs> I like, think we keep calling it Tubby. Tubby. It, but it's probably Tubi. Because they have so many fucking movies on there and so not many horror movies. You're like, I don't fucking know what to watch. And if this popped on there, you probably would skip it because you're like, oh, that looks generic and shit. But it's it's one of those gems that you would find on Tubi that you're like, I gotta tell everybody. And then everyone is like, Yeah, I we already know. We're waiting for you to catch up. So and
1: it and it doesn't have the um the 80s VHS like grab you. Like that just that picture of this big guy with a machete. Mm-hmm in black that's that's it and that's not one of those It's like oh i'm gonna pull this off the wall so it's mm-hmm. it didn't have like a lot feel like going for it unless you actually watched the movie yeah,
0: <laughs> or the, you're just yeah like, like you said the posters trash the george kennedy name
1: fan or something you know
0: <laughs> just before dawn's not really the greatest title i mean it's a good title but it's not going to hook you. It's like right. it's not like a blood beach. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. That sounds interesting or something. And it's
1: just typical, hey, five young people venture into the backwoods mm. of
0: Oregon. I would say this is as All right, the comparing this to Burning, which one do you think is better? Ooh, this ain't better that's... than my Bloody Valentine, so we're taking that off the fucking table. But No. Against Burning,
1: <sighs> it's been a while since I've seen it. I so I'm when I think of the burning, to me, it's always been the special effects more yeah. than anything. It this does not have that, and this doesn't have that.
0: No, this and does so, not have Tom Savini on the payroll.
1: Right, but I would think that I think Cropsey is a good killer, but I I do like these twins. I do like these killers a little bit more.
0: Well, this all right. If we make a list of movies that should get remade, this is like I mean I'm not gonna pick it. But this is one of them. Like this is it's, it feels like it should like the Mountain Twins, like that's a great name. Like this feels like the movie that New Wrong Turn should have been. Like that oh, should have yeah. been this. It's like these from what I've heard I haven't seen it because they got rid of the hillbillies and shit. Now they're yeah. like extremists living in the woods or some shit. Mm-hmm. That should be the Mountain Twins. Instead of these big doofy ass motherfuckers they should be like the mountain twins, they live in the mountains, they know the woods and shit. And then the mountain twins are not the only people in these woods. There's also like they run across a little girl and she's like, Oh, you need to stay away from these fuckers. And you're like, <laughs> What is this society built around these assholes? And how, like, how is like, it's so fucking, it's just so great. It's just a great little slasher. So
1: it's a good one. So yeah, good little recommendation out there for you. All right. So on to my number five. This is one of the few classic classic ones that uh, I have on my list. Uh, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the rest of your list, and I just want to talk about it. I don't know when we may talk. There's, I could only think of maybe one, maybe two other lists that this may pop up on, but I do. It it popped up a lot, and it it, it it was funny enough. It was one of the first ones that popped in my head because it's just all set during the day. And that's uh, 1963 Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with this. Yeah, yeah. See, I think that this is always I was very surprised when reading about it that this was had a lot of mixed reviews when it came out. Because to me, by the time I heard about it, it just always seemed like a classic, like it was always a classic. And you know, Tippi Hedren, she's great. I think she won like Golden Globe or nominated for it. Uh, for uh, for it, the I think the special effects were Oscar nominated, so it had had some really good stuff going for it during that time. Rod Taylor, Jessica Tandy, and like I said, of course, the great directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock. It's a great uh, keep creature feature, um, which is about the only other. You know, kind of list I could kind of think about, unless you know the, the horror movies with messages, which is this way, all of it. You know, if you don't know what the birds are, it's just a uh, the birds. Birds just start attacking people. <laughs> it just starts attacking rich socialite white people, basically. Is is where we go with this, and, uh, and so the and that's really I mean that's really it, and it's and it's it's really effective in what it does it does a really good job of that um and it's you know tippy hedron just really carries the whole movie and the like i said that you go back and you watch it it looked like real you know now of course it's dated and whatnot but
0: did you ever see this in school no i never saw it in school okay because when i saw this in school and kids would heckle this fucking thing (laughs) and i would get so fucking mad Because I'm like, you motherfuckers. I'm like, I wanted to sit them down. I'm like, how did they do this? Yeah. Like, how did they fucking pull this off, you asshole? You're laughing at it because it was. 1963. Yeah, Yeah, because they're like, oh, computers. I'm like, what fucking computers, you idiot? 1963. (laughs) Like, the the optical effects plus the fake birds plus the real birds. Find the fuck and find the fake birds versus the real birds when they're attacking the kids. Right. Because you can't because Hitchcock threw real birds at Tippy all the fucking time. <laughs> he fucking tormented that poor woman. This is this is canon. I'm not making this shit up. He fucking for some reason had it out for Tippy. Like both movies he put her in, he puts he puts her ass through the ringer. Oh man, I think this movie's so fucking good. I rewatched it not too long ago. Man, is it a build up to those birds? and is yeah. there nothing happening for like a time it of really years. is
1: it's it's one of because all you it's one of those movies like so many movies that we've ever seen you forget about a lot of times you either forget about the beginning or you forget about the end It's so all you remember is maybe the middle or you all you remember is the the end all i remember ever is about the birds attacking <laughs>
0: And that's maybe this poor woman minutes. or the poor
1: children, you know. Yeah,
0: that's like twenty minutes of that movie. The rest is her picking up dogs and her flirting with Rod Taylor and her dating Rod Taylor and Rod Taylor meeting the mom. And you're like, where the fuck are the birds? Like, you're like screaming at the movie, and then the birds come. And it's not that they attack immediately. It's she comes out of a, I'm gonna say school, but I, it looks like a church in my mind. She comes out of the school and they're all on that fucking. And if you've all right, when I used to live in Oklahoma, for some reason these birds love to congregate around this one Walmart, and I swear to God it looked like the birds.
1: We have that. We have a Walmart like that.
0: Yeah, there were so many fucking birds that they had. I know there had to have had somebody on the payroll to clean the bird shit, and that was their entire job because there was so fucking much of it. I'm. I'm not even. This, this. I. I had pictures. The. are long gone because I haven't lived in Oklahoma in a long time. But, easily thousands. Easily thousands of fucking birds. Because it's not only were they all on top of the Walmart, they were all on the fucking telephone pole, and it looked like they were sitting on top of each other. And it's like, where? Why are you all around this fucking Walmart? But then I'm like, if they turned on us, <laughs> like I. <laughs> if they started picking at me. Like one bird peck, you'd be like, stop it, you stupid-ass bird. You can fight
1: off one bird, just punch
0: it. Exactly. And there was a YouTube video not too long ago where a guy just punched the seagull out of the air because he was trying to get his gelato or some (laughs) shit.
1: Never kill a seagull.
0: And he just punches it, and you're like, yeah, that's a a man right there. Just punch a bird out of the air. (laughs) But if like 500 of them attacked him he's dead what are you gonna do? Exactly. you're not gonna do shit because one they have the skies so and they can wait for your ass there's so many birds that's what's great about this movie is and, and no then, yeah and yeah
1: then, and and well and you know to jump on that there you know there's the parking lot where it's usually here around october ish my fall i guess is when we get a lot of our those birds they're all in this parking lot and it's uh funny because that's when i every year no matter what um me and my, i took me and my kids we would drive through <laughs> all these birds because they would just be there and it would feel like the birds like we we're getting it swarmed by these birds and it's just it was just it was something that's always and it's always made me think of this movie the birds because we we're driving through them, through them constantly you know because it's just in this open parking lot you know it's like we got these big parking lots and they're never full at walmart's and stuff so it's it's nuts and uh but yeah we're just driving through it every year you know about every october we're just going to drive right through these
0: (laughs) and that would be another at the end of this sorry to spoil or spoil a movie older than your fucking father it's an old movie y'all you should have seen this fucking thing by now yeah when the birds stop attacking finally there's not a single fucking person that i've ever seen this with back in the day That wasn't like, well, why aren't they attacking? What makes them stop? Because the teacher would literally ask the class, why did they stop attacking the uh, people? And Mm -hmm. I swear to God, it's like, I don't know. It's like, because they don't need to anymore. God damn it, they won. They've already proved that they won. They don't have to do it anymore. Well, okay.
1: So let's get in. So there's, I've always heard like three different type of allegories for this of what it's supposed to mean. So my my feeling on this, you know, because so the three that I've that I've always heard, and if there's more, you're more than welcome to to I, let there's me know. A,
0: there's a stupid one involving the mom of Tippy and Rod Taylor or some shit. Like there's a lesbian allegory or some shit. I'm like, Wait, How are oh, you reading I've that? I've never into heard this? that one. There, uh, I mean, because no, the, I've the,
1: heard capitalism in the Cold War. Okay, um, uh, the Uh, environmental you know like a vegan type of thing like you know nature fighting back Mm -hmm. and then the one that i've always kind of sided with or thought about was it's the revenge of oppressed like oppressed people and so kind of them fighting back that's what i've always kind of leaned towards so what what have you kind of heard or thought
0: i'm i've there i'd have to send you a link off mike there's some someone has this elaborate because so much of this movie is dedicated to tippy Hedren and rod taylor mm-hmm. and the mom is immediately giving rod taylor shit and you're like why is she giving him so much shit and there was this long essay about like it's the mom's revenge or some shit you're like what is this <laughs> but i mean you listen to it and you're like i'm getting where you're coming from and like it's just such a weird theory that you're like this is insane <laughs> like this is crazy <laughs> i but it's fun crazy you know what i mean mm, like that yeah that shining documentary where um i think it's room 227 or whatever the fucking i don't remember the name of the the documentary. german yeah uh where a lot a lot of people break down their different theories and some of them hold water because you're like oh it's about native american genocide you're like okay if you give me enough uh, evidence you can tell me any horseshit and I'll believe you because they have a lot of points to back up that theory but then there's some where you're like this is the most bat shit (laughs) like how did you pull this out of your ass theory and I'm like god bless you god bless you that you you're you're seeing this fucking skier in the background on a poster and they're like well that's clearly pan and that's (laughs) clearly a demon you're like What are you talking about what the fuck are you talking about like so yeah i've heard some stupid fucking theories but i don't really assign any of them to this i mean they all make sense to me like the the ones that make sense make sense but yeah to me, just birds (laughs) and that's and that's i think people want to read into this because it's so sudden and there's really no provocation like there's no scene like any other movie would have had like somebody throwing a rocket a bird or some shit or no, it's just birds to me.
1: There has to be a reason. I mean, like, not a reason why they did it, but a reason for it to happen. The, you know what I mean? Like, that to me na- is. I mean,
0: I guess you can say nature comes back, but it's not like to me. I just think nature wants to fight back, but it' not in in a grand scheme type of thing. I just think it's like birds are like, fuck it, like stop frying us and eating us you can assign that's why i like this is that i can assign anything to it but i also have it i haven't really thought about it. no
1: no and that's we've talked about this many times horror movie is one of the best that a social commentary or some type of commentary you know and you can assign ever almost any horror movie you can assign something to something in horror movies but i do i do kind of like the that it's it's the revenge of the oppressed uh, you know now it, it's not like a particular oppressed people or thing it's just the power in numbers of them rising up and taking on whoever is oppressing them or whoever they want to revolt against that what
0: i well here's my question to you since you think it's the oppressed why don't they keep attacking at the end because they've proved that they're number one
1: probably uh that they they've they've either or they made their point and then because sometimes, sometimes the oppressed doesn't win at the same time, but they kind of move their point. They made their point.
0: Yeah, to me, it's... I mean, no matter what I subscribe as, to it, it's always they've proven that they can do this whenever they fucking want. It's, yeah. I don't think the birds are going to be assholes forever. That's my headcanon. It's not like they're just going to... It's just like, hey, we can do this whenever the fuck we want. Remember that, like next- right?
1: And that's and that's the thing is power in numbers. If you know, it's kind of like uh, like prisons. There's the prisoners outweigh the guards, or out, you know, outnumber the guards three times, sometimes three, four times the amount. And so, if they really wanted to riot, they could, you know, that type of thing. And this is kind of it's like, hey, we we can do this anytime we want. So get yourself in check. And then, you know, and that's that's kind of that's just kind of my thing. But uh, like I said, I could hear any of them. But I I don't know what the whole lesbian thing is, but that's we don't need to get in the weeds on that one.
0: I mean, it could not. It it probably isn't lesbians. I remember it having to do with the mom. Uh, I don't remember what the fucking it's the mom does not like Rod Taylor and it's like some sort of female revenge or some shit. I saw this a long time ago. I don't really remember. I, at the time, I was like, ah, that's interesting, I guess. It's like that one Harry Potter theory, and there's a lot of them, that one of the Weasley brothers, because of the death of his brother, uses the time thing and becomes Willy Wonka. And it has like a thousand things to break that down. And you're like, that's Absurd, that's ridiculous, that's insane, and everything and you have literally too much time on your hands. And everything you just said makes sense like, every single right. thing, like, <laughs> you just made sense and you convinced me. But I mean, that's fucking insane. So, like, all right,
1: like, did you quit your job to like follow <laughs> this rabbit trail to figure this out? Like, how do you have the time to do this? That's yeah, nuts. I know.
0: I mean, that's never. <laughs>
1: All right, you're number four, sir.
0: Fucking nerds. My number four really should be my number one because I want to talk about it so much. And it's the one I want to talk about the most. 1976, Who Can Kill a Child? I fucking love this movie so much. It's the only video nasty to me that still retains power. All of the movies, most of the movies that were banned by the BBC, the, the the British. They cracked down, and it was a fair number. N- Let's just say fucking number. It was a fair number of movies, about 85 or so, that they deemed fucking unsuitable for the eyes of the public. Um, Evil Dead was one of the big ones, Texas on Massacre, Anthropophagus, which you watch and you're like, yeah. People probably shouldn't be watching this. Like, there's some really fucking repugnant shit in this. Who can kill a child? This still hasn't been topped, in my opinion, because the answer to that question is the lead of the movie. And it's a resounding, yeah, he can. And he does all the time. Again, simple setup, like most of these movies. And it's another movie, kind of like And Soon the Darkness, where it's two people just on vacation. Again. This should be the, the fucking takeaway from this episode. Don't go on vacation during the sun. Don't do it. Alaska during the night, great. Vampires don't exist. It's fine. You're, you're all right. Fucking in, in a different country other than yours that you can't speak the language, don't fucking do it. But it's a, a couple, and they arrive on some Spanish Mediterranean coasts. I could have sworn it was French, but it's probably Spanish because the director is Spanish. And I mean, they go to like the big parts of this Mediterranean seaside town and shit. And then they like kind of take a left and they just keep backpacking. And then they end up in a town that's deserted. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And they quickly realize that it's not abandoned. It's filled with children. And those children killed everybody there. And that's the rest of the fucking movie is them running away from these fucking children that want to kill them. That's all you really fucking need. And it delivers because it's not like Children of the Corn where you're like, none of these fucking kids are going to die. And I don't think any of the kids and Children of the Corn die. Except the last one. I don't even think. Yeah. Malachi dies. And even if he does, he's like a demon or some shit. So it's like it doesn't really fucking matter. He's not really a kid at that point. The one who walks behind the roads. Yeah, these kids are not possessed. They just have bloodlust. And they like killing adults. That's it. That's all they want to do. And, yeah, there's, like, not a single taboo that this movie doesn't check. Now, it doesn't go, like, like, unwatchable. Like, when I say every taboo, it's... Anthropophagus has, like, a guy ripping a fetus out of a woman's vagina and then eating it in front of her. That's kind of as fucked up as it gets when it comes to video nasties. It doesn't go that far. But the fact that the main character kills at least 15 kids in this, and they're young. It's not like I just said... Uh, just before dawn when i call those group of teenagers those young adults
1: 27 year olds (laughs) yeah
0: when i call them children no these are fucking children they are children and he's shooting them in the head because they are going to kill them and that's the movie and it's amazing good luck finding it because no one wants to fucking release this goddamn (laughs) thing i think mondo uh, macabre uh, released a dvd a long time ago but i don't think there's a blu-ray and if it is it's out it's way out of fucking print and expensive as shit so because no one wants to touch it no one, no one wants to touch this fucking movie filled the child murder and i'm like grow some balls okay It it exists it's out there just release the damn thing who can kill a child the main character can and so should your wallet because this is a movie that deserves to be on your fucking shelf it's so good it's so fucking good it's so good who can kill a child and number four all right yeah i haven't i haven't
1: seen that when i've heard about it it's been on one of the watch lists but like you said it's hard to find so uh on to my number three this is a movie i just want been wanting to talk about i this is one of the reasons why I even wanted to do the list. Surprise, I didn't have it at number one, but another one jumped up and took overtook my number one over this one. I'm going with my number three as 2019's Ari Aster's Midsummer.
0: I almost mentioned this when you were talking about Wicker Man, <laughs> and I was like, you're not talking about this. <laughs> you haven't mentioned the title of this Yeah.
1: <laughs> This movie is freak. I love this movie. It's not as good as Hereditary. We've talked about Hereditary a lot. But the, this is, yeah, it's very much well, it's similar to Wicker Man. But to me, this is good from beginning to end. There are, is it perfect? No. Is there some, is there some things that are just kind of, uh, yeah, but it's so freaking good. And it's I'm actually going to stop
0: you and ask you. Is it the theatrical cut or the director's cut? It's both. I don't, what's what? It's a movie. No, which one are you picking? You can't, you have to pick, which one are you picking? Why do I have to pick one? You got to pick one. If you were going to tell somebody to watch this movie, which one, which version would you want? They're both good. I I know. You're going to tell them to watch both versions?
1: If whichever one you get your hands on, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what
0: you are terrible at these fucking games all right fair <laughs> enough and whichever version you get your hands on watch it
1: i don't do that we've already i do not do the whole director's cut versus this as much if it's if i like the movie i like it
0: i mean to i, me I saw it in the theater i thought
1: i saw the theatrical version i loved it saw the director version loved it
0: i think the director's cut is a much better movie I think it, it improves all of the problems I had. But a lot of times know. it is. The, that's the case with most
1: director's cuts. No, because
0: I think the director's cut of uh, Halloween is terrible.
1: I didn't say every. I said no. You understand most is not
0: 100% correct. What I don't understand is why there's two different cuts. Why didn't A24 just release the... I don't... I, I don't get it. It was like,
1: already at two and a half hours.
0: I, they're not afraid of long <laughs> shit. It's uh, not like they. It's not like they're. Ga- no matter what, whether this was three hours, two hours, whatever, it's gonna be a gamble. There was no. There was no way that this was going to be like a massive success for them. So they were taking a risk, no matter what. So it's like just release the version of his that he fucking prefers, because it flushes out the, the the entire movie. It's like Wicker Man. Because you can never do these movies without being compared to Wickerman. You just right. can't. Yeah. If there's a cult. Guess what? Someone's going to fucking die. Yeah. Like, it, there's, it, and yeah, this movie is doing everything in its power to make you seem like the cult's not a bad guy. But you're like, no, there's something wrong with this cult. Y'all should fucking leave. You dummies. Like, at, at a certain point, you're like, why are you still here? Like, get, get the fuck out of here. But. No, it fleshes out the, the relationship, which is crucial because the, the the theatrical one really wants you to kind of like Jack Rayner's character. And I didn't at any point in that I never,
1: I never took that from the theatrical version whatsoever. He was always a douche.
0: He is, but I don't... Because he it seems that well i mean in the theatrical i mean the director's cut it's clearly he is trying to give a voice to both of them because he's a douchebag but he's not entirely wrong when it comes to their fights because danny is no yeah she's got issues and shit yeah i saw and i saw that in the theatrical yeah she's she's also she's you know got she's got issues and and it's, issues, yeah and it's not easy for him to navigate Un- understandable how he navigates them he's wrong and what happens to him is definitely wrong because most of the shit doesn't he doesn't deserve but the d di- uh the director's cut really fucking i don't know it really hammers home because it's not most director's cuts want to like add in these fucking moments of like I don't know, action or gore or some shit like, oh, this is the cut we didn't get to show you because the the sensors made me cut out. It's like, n- there's not a single new scene of blood or guts or anything. It's 20 more minutes of them talking. <laughs> and it's the most compelling shit because that's the crux of this movie It's the backbone. But I'm going to let you get into the plot of this thing if people haven't seen it, which they should.
1: Yeah, so... I'm kind of already hit on it a little bit, but you have, and what's kind of, so this is, like I said, this is sun, sun very sun-drenched, very sun-soaked. It's all about, you know, it's in uh, Scandinavia and it's, you know, the Sweet, the Swedish Midsummer Festival. So it's all right, I mean, it's called Midsummer for crying out loud, but it starts off very dark. It, like what happens at the very beginning is not only what happens is dark, but it hap- happens in the dark. And then it kind of then we get into this just bright everything being silent. Yeah, there's yeah it's over a few couple of days, and there's some things that happen at night, but the majority of it happens during the day, and the most of the stuff that pushes this forward. But so you've got something tragic happens to Danny, which is played brilliantly by Florence Pugh. We love her, and uh, she, you know, with uh, Christian. Uh, her boyfriend, they kind of he's wanting to break up with her, basically. And then things keep happening. And then this happened. So he's like, he's like, oh, I'm a douche, but I'm not that big of a douche to break up with you after this tragedy. And then all of a sudden she she gets invited onto this trip (laughs) that she originally wasn't supposed to go on. And once we get there, you kind of like, okay, something like Sailor said, something is weird going on. With this this village cult type of thing, and the moment the moment she gets there, it's just nuts. And then there's these things that Ari Aster does, similar to Hereditary, where you when you this is one of those movies where you watch the movie, and then you when you go back to rewatch the movie, you're not watching the movie, you're watching the behind the movie, like what is happening in the background. What, what does this, what does this mean? What did that mean? Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, I didn't notice that, that type of stuff. Like when we get to the part where the the kind of the climactic part and you see these, um, the trees and the mountains kind of sway in, in the back, it, it's very disorienting that you may not pick up on right away, but eventually you do or you don't, like once you notice it, it's like, okay, I notice it, but it doesn't distract from anything. And there's all these different things. And it's just like everybody in this the paintings movie, and the, m- the paint, the paintings, murals. Right. There's paintings. And then there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, things that are misdirectings. You know, it, it seems like there are some red herrings here and there of what's going to go on, what's going to happen. And then you go back. What's crazy is, yeah, you go back down yeah, the paintings and murals that you see. And then you start realizing that, um, Christian's lemonade thing is a different color than other people's, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's funny how many people I've talked to, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't even notice that." Yeah, you know, it's like you, it's you when you go watch an Ari Aster movie, you've got to be watching everything. You can't just watch what's. You want to tell the
0: people at face. home why it's a different color? You want to no, tell no, them why? I they...
1: want them to go figure <laughs> out because you know how many people have have seen this movie and be like, "I don't know why was his why was it a different color," and they're gonna go find back and be like, "Oh my gosh." that's disgusting but (laughs) and everybody in this movie is i mean you know um william jackson harper uh, jack rayner and that's he's the christian he's the douche boyfriend and he does such a good job like he's he's, great he's really good and people it's one he's one of those guys that that probably when you watch the movie you don't like him because of it and it's like well that's he's doing his job really well will Poulter is kind of the the comic relief kind of guy uh, of it. Um, and there's not too much. There's, it's, it's, there's it's kind of a he's weird. He's a
0: believable dark comedic relief.
1: Yeah. Cause he's also kind of, yeah. He's also kind of like, yeah, something's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Something is odd. But also at the same time, he can't stand Danny. He's like, why did she have to come? And, you know, he's that, he's that, he's, a, he's, oh, also, the a he's, he's also a douche. He's also a douche. He's the reason why he's friends with Christian. But, and then there's some really violent, gory stuff. And then there's just some really trippy stuff. And, but the story is so good, but it's just, it's one of the, and it's one of the most beautiful movies that I've ever seen. Just, just absolutely beautiful. The whole, and everybody's seen it, whether you, and it, it doesn't give it away, but you've seen the Florence Pugh um, in with the flowers all around her. Just, it's just beautiful. And so uh, I, it's one of my absolute favorite daytime it's one of my favorite movies but daytime
0: sun scorched type of movies horror movies just absolutely brilliant it's a great movie i really wish it hadn't i mean it's not going to have an ending as good as wicker man mm-hmm. films do if and if they an-
1: did it would have been And they would have been it would have been oh you just ripped off wicker man just you know step by step and so but it, it still has a really good ending i love the ending
0: i love the ending too because it's radically different then wicker Mm -hmm. man and it's not to give it away or the ending to wicker man which come on you should know the ending to wicker man by now but it's the exact opposite if you think about it thematically you're like it's the exact opposite of the wicker man but it's there's another cult movie that i don't want to reveal the name of because it's kind of a hidden cult movie I mean, there's three of them. That's Wicker Man, this one, and then the other one, which I can't name. But if it had an ending as good as that movie, then this would be as good as for what it's to me. I think it's just missing that ending. There's some yeah. other things, but no, it's it's still a fucking top-notch movie to me. This is it. Uh, it's just a top give me give me
1: all the Ari Aster. Just I yes. want I want every I just I want a movie from him every year. Just please, but I also, at the same time, I want to, you know, I cannot wait for his his nightmare comedy with Joaquin Phoenix.
0: <laughs> cannot I, wait. Four hours, and, apparently. Him and fucking Robert Eggers, to me, is just, like, neck and neck. They're, yeah. like, because his Northman movie, you're, like, and you got Bjork as a witch, and you're, like, what is this? Like, it's... <laughs> what is going on? What is going on with this nonsense? So, on to my number one, or my number two, which is my number one. Because the math and the numbers, y'all, I don't get it. 1975, Race with the Devil. Another cult movie and another movie involving a uh, group on vacation. So it kind of brings it all together into a beautiful package. Fucking amazing movie. And we just mentioned movies that should get remade. This movie has been uh, about to be remade for 15 years. There has been so many hands on this property. So many people have tried to remake it for a gr- good reason. It's amazing. It's four, it's two couples, four people. The, the leads, Peter Fonda, Warren Oates. The ladies, Loretta Swit, Laura Parker. Not too sure about who they are, but you probably have seen them in some shit. But you, pro- you know the men. You know who Peter Fonda and Warren Oates are. They're on vacation on an RV from Texas to Colorado. And while they're um, ATVing or motorbiking around or some shit, because they're in the desert, um, they run across a satanic ritual. And they're like freaking the fuck out because they're like, what the fuck did we just witness? Don't like that. So the next day, they go to the sheriff, R.G. Armstrong, who you do know, you've seen him in a million things. He's got the face of a prune, which is why they picked them for prune face and Dick Tracy. He comes down, he investigates it. And he's like, I don't see no devil worship here. I don't know what the fuck. And then for the rest of the movie, they feel as do the audience. Like there's someone looking over their shoulder. Like, Hey, you saw something you shouldn't have seen. Now we're going to fuck with you. No matter where they go. Because they immediately get... They're not dumb. These characters are not fucking stupid. They immediately leave. They get the sheriff and they're like, hey, a woman was most likely killed. We don't know if it was a music video or whatever movie. Or They're trying to justify to themselves that it wasn't a satanic ritual. But they're like, hey, we don't know what the fuck happened. But a woman might be in danger. So they contact the sheriff. The sheriff's like, no. But, And he doesn't say it in a menacing way, but he kind of insinuates like, hey, y'all should just move on. Get out of this town. And they do. They're not stupid. They don't fuck with the locals. It's not like deliverance or anything. They don't fuck with the locals. They just move on. But every time they go to a hotel or a motel or wherever they're going, they just feel like there's there's a scene where they go to a public pool. And Peter Fonda and Warren Oates are just laying there while the ladies are swimming. And you notice one person is staring at them. And then you notice another person is staring at them. And then they notice that two people are staring at them. And then they look around and most of the people at the pool are staring at them. And they're like, we should probably leave. So it's one of those where you're like, you don't know. It's like a paranoia thriller. You don't know if someone is actually after them or it's just in their fucking minds. Like, it it could be nothing. I mean, they definitely saw something, but they're not 100% sure. Nor are you. I mean, you saw, like, a a cross and you saw some hoods and you saw a lady, but that could have been an orgy. It could have been anything. You don't know. But the, the further the movie progresses, it quickly becomes... Mad Max with Satanists. Now, I don't want to oversell what this movie is. But that's basically what this movie fucking turns into, is Mad Max with Satanists. So instead of a a bunch of leather daddy punks going after him for fucking gas or whatever, it's Satanists. Now, you would think that that would be a spoiler because I'm tipping the hat to, yeah, there's Satanists after him. But then the movie keeps going and then you're like, I don't know where the fuck it's going to go. And then the ending happens and you're like, oh shit, this is amazing. So I'm not going to get any more into it, but there's a reason why people keep trying to remake it. And it's because it is one of the great hidden gems that no one has ever seen. And that's race with the devil, a vacation movie and a Satanist or a cult movie. And it's set in the heat. It's it's the perfect movie for this episode. And so you pick your number one.
1: This one is it's probably one that I don't I don't know if you thought about. And it's not it's it's one of those ones. If you didn't think about it, you're going to slap yourself that you didn't think about it. But it is definitely one that we haven't talked about. That I believe I don't think we have talked about. We may have now that I'm thinking about. It. No, I don't believe we talked about it. But I'm going to talk about it anyways again. And that is um, Train to Busan. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> didn't think about that one.
0: <laughs> I didn't. Sure. It's
1: completely set during the day. So it's a uh a South Korean, just brilliant South Korean horror movie. They make some of the best. Go if you just look up best South Korean horror movies. That is probably something we will do, unless we will definitely do sometime down the road. It probably will be on there, most likely. But it is a it's sun-drenched, sun-soaked completely during the day. It also has zombies and it's close quarters on a train. It's a very simple setup. Horrible father spending time with his kid. They're on a train. Somebody gets infected. Next thing you know, when that person gets infected, they bite somebody they immediately turn, this is no Walking Dead where it may take three days before they may turn turn into a zombie. No, it is immediate and they are vicious. Some of the most vicious zombies there are. And they, it's just, and you're on a train that can't stop. So where do you go? It's absolutely just white knuckle, just craziness. And there's every time there is an option to get out or try to stop it or do something there's a reason why that doesn't work and you just keep going and it's just this south korean they have this ability to one bring the horror but they also know how to integrate just great characters and great emotion and one of the best characters one of our favorite characters uh mr um Madong Silk. I don't know how you say it. I'm not a good... I'm, we, we we don't do names. We've always said that. Uh, but Songwe, um in the in the movie is absolutely one of the greatest characters in movie history. So he, he's, he's so... he's Not only is he badass, but he's like a big cuddly bear that kicks ass at the same time.
0: Did you like know like he turned down John Wick 3? I did not know that. The bald guy that's the the main antagonist, I guess. He's kind of like John Wick's friend, kinda. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That was supposed to be him. I think they oh. realized he can't speak English. And they or I mean he turned it down, but he's doing internals, that fucking new Marvel movie, so good for yeah. him. Get that yeah. Marvel money, baby. But get him.
1: yeah, let's get him in everything. He
0: covers his arms in like ma- um magazines or some shit, newspapers or some shit. Right.
1: And it's one of the fir- and it's one of the first times that I remember where People are like, yeah, let's cover up our forearms because we're going to be fighting these guys hand to hand because you can't go anywhere. You can't outrun them. We have to fight our way through them. So let's wrap up our forearms where, because that way when I push on them, I don't get bit right there. And it's like, it's such a little little addition, but it's like, man, that's just so super smart. We've been fighting zombies for 40 years. (laughs) It's like, we're just now thinking about this. And it's Americans just they are dumb. We're uh, so fucking Americans, stupid. stupid Americans,
0: stupidest uh, Americans.
1: <laughs> and he, but he, but he's hilarious. Um, he's the biggest, toughest guy. He's taken on like twenty zombies at once. But his little pregnant wife is like punching him and uh, bossing <laughs> him around, which is just hilarious and uh, and he just he, he's he's such a great character everybody in this is really great even the guys the 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 bad guy there's always a bad guy in these movies he's one of the worst guys ever you hate him with all your heart mr businessman and then you know you don't really like the dad but the dad he, he does a really good job uh, all the actors even the, even the kid the, the little kid is i like great.
0: that. i mean i get that he's supposed to be like not the best dad but since I am so always against children, <laughs> always I will <laughs> always take the side of a parent. And I'm like, he's doing the best he can. Like, he's not a great parent. But, he's
1: not doing the best he can,
0: though. I mean, the kid ain't He brought the kid the same present
1: <laughs> two times in a row. The same exact present. No, you are not a good parent. Sorry, he's you're str- not doing hey, the best you
0: can. Here's the thing. That kid ain't great either. Let's put that shit on Front straight. She ain't the fucking bet. She ain't. She ain't, She ain't no fucking. I'm trying. Well, to Well, when
1: you have a bad parent, you have bad kids.
0: <laughs> it's, mean, it's pretty. You're simple. not wrong. I'm trying to think of a good kid. I'm like, she's no Dennis the Menace, but she, that's a bad kid. So I can't think of a good kid. What's a good kid in a movie? Like I literally am drawing a blank. She's no Wednesday Addams. I get like, I, don't, I can't think of a good kid. My girl. Yeah, she's not my girl. I don't know. Snow my snow Macaulay Culkin.
1: Macaulay Culkin.
0: Yeah. Fuck it.
1: Yeah. No, but if you haven't seen this, and I know to subtitles, uh, it, it's not that hard to read. Do, do not this one. you
0: fucking lazy. There is a dubbed version, you don't lazy
1: assholes.
0: I mean, it doesn't detract from the movie, but it's like don't it's just fucking read you lazy assholes.
1: And it's not even that much to read. And no, it's it's, it's one of those that you're not missing any, you're not missing much when when they're talking. Just watch what is going on. No, the emotionality. You,
0: you um, will literally get most of this fucking plot just by watching yeah, it. Yeah, Like a child it, would get yeah. like, she's like, uh, the same present again. Like she, a child would understand like through body motion or like body, um, not body motion, body language that, mm. that that child is not happy with that toy. Like, like anyone could pick this up. Yeah. And no and
1: it's and it's smart like like i said every time there is a way okay this is over there's a legitimate reason why this has to keep going and they have to stay on this train
0: yeah
1: it's like just get off the train when it stops okay well we figured that out now you have to get back on this train and you have to keep going down this line to figure out what the next option is that's not working so you have to keep going and that's I just love we, this is one of my favorite movies. It is so great and it just it, it didn't even dawn on me till I just like, oh yeah, it's set completely during the day, which is
0: Yeah, I never would have thought. Yeah, uh, how
1: funny. many and what's crazy is how many zombie movies are set during the day. They're almost all of them feel like they're other than Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead, almost Not all even- of them feel like they're set during the day. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I was like, no, none of the living dead is all during. No, that's that, what I mean. Night of the living
1: dead and Return of the living dead, but a majority of zombie land, a lot of it during the day.
0: Well, I didn't. On and Day of the Dead. That's why I didn't include movies set in like a location where I can't see the sun. Cause then I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into. Well, before we can get into our honorable mentions, because this is not going to be a two parter. There's really not that many. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, if you I, this is going to be a double recommendation from both of us. Tr- we've said it multiple times. Train to Busan is hereditary. Get out. I don't know what other movies you want to throw in that category where they came out and immediately you put them in the top 50 best horror movies of all time. Like immediately. Oh yeah. And it's there's no time that's passed where it's it's gone down. It's usually probably going to keep going up in estimation. Like it's just keeps getting better every time i fucking see it yes and not including jaws this is probably the best movie we've discussed today not even picked like just discussed yeah all the movies this is a fucking flat-out masterpiece like beginning to end
1: i don't and there's not one thing i would change nothing to me yeah it is a perfect there's not one character yeah you don't like the characters but that's part of it you don't like the characters but there's not one bad act there's not one bad performance in it like there's two old ladies in it and you're just like they're they're perfect old ladies like <laughs> i don't think you could have found any better south korean old ladies to play this roles the pregnant the pregnant lady she's absolutely great there's an entire baseball team and it's, all of them are just amazing and then the the, the bad businessman. You just hate his guts. He does such a good job. Even his face, he has like the Paul Dano punchable face. The moment you see him, I'm like okay, that Ooh, dude's Paul a dick. You already know that. I I know he's 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 great, but he's got a he's got a punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, no, this is absolutely top notch, and, and I, that's why I, I don't
0: want like to about hear about y'all fucking shit on the goddamn remake. I don't want to hear it because oh. here's the thing oh, the remake, and, yeah, this is a fucking masterpiece that shouldn't be touched, but here's the thing. Cannot fucking be worse than the sequel, so stop complaining. <laughs> literally, right. stop fucking complaining. It cannot fucking be worse. It literally cannot be worse than uh, Peninsula. It can't. That movie is so fucking bad, and you're like, how is this the same guy? Like, the prequel is fine. It's whatever, South Station, the animated one. It's, it's animated, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Like, if that's all he kept doing was just making like sequels or prequels to this movie and they were animated, you'd be like, oh, that's fine. He's got his little zombie universe, like Robert Kirk- Kirkman with The Walking Dead or whatever. You'd be like, all right, whatever, fine. But Peninsula just put a fucking stake in, in the heart of this fucking franchise dead. Like, there's no one clamoring for more of this yeah. now. Like, it's, it's so bad. So that's why we don't fucking shit on remakes. <laughs> because most of the time remakes are better than sequels yeah yeah you can give me an evil dead Two, but then i'm gonna throw the thing in your face and you're gonna tell me that evil dead 2 is better than the thing no you're not you're not you can tell me bride of frankenstein but then i'm gonna give you what invasion of the body snatchers that's ah, not as good <laughs> fair enough there's not as good not yourself on that one. yeah I can't, I can't, i'm trying to think of a remake <laughs> real quick but I mean, Bride of Frankenstein is pretty great, but no, that's why I don't shit on remakes because the sequels do a good enough job ruining a fucking franchise than any remake ever has. So I can't wait for the remake. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it doesn't that that's also the other argument. It does not ruin this one as much as I fucking dislike Peninsula and I really fucking don't like it doesn't touch this one. Jaws the Revenge doesn't fucking touch Jaws. Like, it doesn't hurt it in any way. Right. I just pretend it doesn't exist, as does Michael Kane. We just sit in ignorance and go, nope, that doesn't exist. So Train to Busan, more than any of the movies that we've read. Because uh, you've probably already seen that. Watch Just Before Dawn and then see Train to Busan. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to see train, it, some of these movies on my list if I don't fucking point them to, to it. Right. Train to Busan, that's every critic like gave it a hand job. Like, because you can't not, you can't not say this is one of the best. Unless and the you... only
1: reason why people wouldn't, that don't talk about it are people who don't want to read subtitles. That's, that's the, that's your only excuse. This is an amazing movie. So mm-hmm. just stop it. Just perfect. It, like, I, said, I wouldn't even just... say
0: amazing. Perfect movie. No,
1: that's what I mean. Yeah. Perfect. Like, Beginning there's, 10. boom. So All go right. and watch Train to Busan.
0: Well, my first honorable mention is the only loosey-goosey technicality, which would be Sunshine. Because you're talking about sun-drenched horror. That technically doesn't mean you have to be on Earth. Sunshine is literally in basking in the sun of the sun throughout the entire fucking movie. It, it, the movie is about trying to reignite the sun. Every shot has the sun in it. Like, the sun is all over that goddamn <laughs> spaceship. So... Technically, it counts. It's just the horror parts of that movie are trash. So, I mean, I want to talk about it, but we'll save it for another list down the line. I also uh, thought about Reflecting Skin. Yeah. Which I'm not super hot on. No. Like, the only thing I remember about that movie is the kid blowing up frogs. Mm -hmm. And I really want to rewatch it because it seems like it's probably a weird vampire movie. Like, that's... Because his other movie... Um, Passion Dark. Uh, what is it? Oh, fucking the Brendan Fraser movie with Viggo Mortensen. It's like uh, Noon of the Passion Dark. Oh, whatever. I don't, it's got a stupid fucking title. That's kind of about a what, like a witch. Like his movie, Philip uh, Ridley, is like Terrence Malick, but like if Terrence Malick made horror movies. Like, they're beautifully shot movies where you're like, nothing is happening, but I like what I'm looking at. I just wish I understood what the fuck, what is the point? Like, what is the point of this? What is the point of reflecting skin? And I don't, I don't know. I have to see it again, but I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really want to, but there's something there. I know there is. There's got to be, there's got to be something there. But I thought about that one. Parents is the one that popped into my head while we were talking. Because I'm like, I can't, I don't 100% know if some of the horror is at night. But I know a lot of it is during the day. But since it's in the house, I don't know. Like, I don't know. So, But that's a really fun um, horror comedy with Randy Quaid. That'll pop up on another list. Thought of the zombie movie Fido. Cujo popped into my head. Yeah, Cujo. Dark August. And then Wake and Fright, which barely counts as horror yeah like it's it's on shutter but i'm like
1: uh, i mean yeah. if, I, if, I, don't, it, I don't even know why it counts as horror. To me.
0: I, I mean if you consider australia to be hell, then yeah this could yeah. be like event horizon <laughs> right. it, i mean donald pleasance does kind of feel like the devil in it just fucking yeah with him sure. but it's, not, yeah, it's yeah. not really horror so
1: yeah i mean there's a lot i, I mean there's I funny games um trying to think you know hostile i mean there's there's a lot out there but none that i really thought that would be i would throw on the list i cannot uh, believe last, wasn't last house on the one. left you know there it seems like a lot of the rape revenge movies happened during the day like revenge was yeah. pretty much during the day so yeah so nope. good list you're ready to run them down
0: well speaking of rape revenge let's go to number 10 29 palms 2003
1: Number nine, The Ruins, 2008.
0: Number eight, And Soon the Darkness, 1970.
1: Number seven, Death Proof, 2007.
0: Number six, Just Before Dawn, 1981. Number five, The Birds, 1963. Number four, Who Can Kill a Child, 1976. Number three, Midsummer, 2019. Number two, Race with the Devil, 1975.
1: And number one, Train to Busan, 2016
0: that's our list if you agree or disagree hit us up at screenage or twitter and instagram at night of the lists email not of the list at gmail.com and if you want to listen to more of us talking just throw some more coin over at patreon.com slash nltl that was the list and that was the episode but before we go don't forget to all hell trash
1: all hell trash